Whoa. How do you feel? I feel pretty good. I feel <laughs> great. And I feel like uh, the, the dice gods are going to come back and have me do a few worse rolls next Thank time. So. They might. I'm super excited for what's, what's coming up next. Uh, so stay tuned. Alright everybody, welcome back to the second episode of our podcast, Tales from the Table! I am Cloud, the dungeon master and creator of this adventure, and around our virtual table we have... Kevin, aka Athanasius. I was gonna say, you shouldn't, should, should probably say your character name. And I'm Flower. And Kaden. Alright, we'll awesome! <laughs> yeah, we'll get better at that. <laughs> we'll get better at it, folks. We're, uh... It's it's only the second episode. Okay. Um, so who wants to say what happened last time? I can. Okay, Flower, go. Um, so Flower, Athanasius, I didn't write down his last name, and Caden <laughs> Onyx Cobble. Uh all ended up in the mid-northern town of Ossilian. It's a local hub of uh commerce and trade in the area, but pretty small. We got some flyers because we all needed money and uh, ended up in this tent place and filled out some forms. I didn't read the fine print and um, we did a ropes course and some team training, team building, and um, now a half-elf named Virtinia yeah. has, has taken us to the second part of the, the um, training program where we're going to be testing our... Uh, intelligence and ability to think under pressure we just got some packs of stuff to do and um we're entering a building with the goal of retrieving a crystal orb oh wow you you took notes you bet i did oh that's that's amazing that, that's great all right well before you uh is this uh low wooden building uh that is the site of your second challenge and you can enter at any time. Uh, the door is open. There's only one door. I I'll let one of the two large people go first. Yeah, I enter after Flower. Uh-huh. Okay. The snake rushes in. All right. Flower, you... <laughs> this is going to be a pattern, I can tell already. <laughs> I love it. Maybe. Maybe not. You don't know. I, I'm thoroughly enjoying this. Okay, so flower, uh, you open this. This whole building is just like a a wooden building. It's sort of been recently constructed in this uh, clearing in the middle of the woods, and uh, you open this uh, door. And ahead of you is a just a really straight, narrow, dark uh, hallway. The hallway is about uh, like five feet across, and um, it extends in front of you uh, until you can't see anymore, uh, and it is pitch black. Which oh of you have dark vision? I don't think any of us do. Yeah, <gasps> I don't actually think <laughs> How is that possible? Everyone in 5e has dark vision. We don't got dark vision. Oh I'm a light I of a torch. Don't have dark <laughs> that's, vision. that's okay. You know why it's okay? Because oh. I have the cantrip light. Oh, true. You're going to do magic? Although, 
Flower, you do have, I remember, I didn't give Serpent Folk dark vision, but I did give you um, oh, yeah, that heat, heat sense. sense thing. Yeah. yeah. So I'll know if, there's, if anyone's like in here. Yes, I'll be sure to tell you if you ever pick up a heat pattern. I'll keep that okay. in the back of my mind. Uh, but right, right now, everything just looks cold. All right, so it's dark. What are you going to do? I'm going to start lighting a torch. Okay, yeah, there are, are tor- uh she gave you uh, these uh, company standard issue packs, and they all had a torch and a tinderbox in them. So we've got torches. Cool. I kind of want to be f- fancy, but I won't. I mean, it's like I said, you, you can be fancy you anytime. Can. You can. However, you will then tip your hand, revealing that you can perform magic. Uh, I think at this point. Which well, you can. No, like, I'm maybe not. not. Like, I don't like, want to be influencing your decision and telling you, like, oh, be careful. Like, don't let anyone know you can use magic. Like, you can. It's it's up to you. And frankly, you don't know how the... Like, Virtinia's watching you. Like, she's observing you and kind of, like, grading you guys on how well you do on these challenges. And you don't know how she would feel about you guys using magic. Uh, right. Because you didn't ask. So the way Athanasius is kind of thinking about this is like, if he ends up adventuring with these guys long term, then they're going to find out he uses magic eventually regardless. True. But he, they still haven't really represented to us whether or not we're going to be sticking together long term as a group. True. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like that at this point. Yeah, so I, I don't think I would be fancy yet. I think I would just light the torch normally. Okay. All right. So you guys have lit your torches, uh, and uh, you step inside this building, and uh, the door closes behind you. And uh, stretching out in front of you, uh, you see just what looks like a plain wooden hallway. Uh, Like I said, it's about five feet across. Um, And it just runs straight, and then uh, you can see... uh, Eventually, at the end of it, maybe after about 60 feet, um, it opens up into some sort of larger room. But that's a little too far away for you to see distinctly. Well, I'm going to start moving forward. Can I do a perception check as I do that? You can. 13. Uh, You do not see anything. Does anybody else want to make a check? I was going to say, should we all just do perception checks real fast? Considering the information that uh, Captain Virtinia gave you about this challenge, uh, you might think that that might be a good idea. Yes. I got a 22. Okay. Caden? So perceptive. What do we add to to get perception? Your Um, wisdom mod. Yeah, it would be your wisdom mod unless you have proficiency in the perception skill and if you do have proficiency then it's your wisdom mod and your proficiency bonus okay it's uh i rolled a 15 okay cool all right so um the hallway is five feet across so i think you guys don't have to go single file if you don't want to uh, you can get on my shoulders if you'd like uh, i'm good for now okay yeah. offer is always open though all right thanks but Flower, Flower's definitely in the lead, correct? Yes, absolutely. Yes. <laughs> All right. Uh, Athanasius and Caden, though, uh, you, as Flower slithers forward into this hallway, um, pretty oblivious to anything that might be going on, um, you both spot 
Um, and it's not too hard to spot because this building, you know, is pretty new. It's not like an old dusty dungeon. It's a new wooden building. And uh, even though they tried to conceal it pretty cleverly, you see pretty much right in front of where Flower is, there's a section of the floor that uh, doesn't look quite right. Like it might be the covering to some sort of trap or a pressure plate of some sort. Something's there. Yeah, Athanasius says, hold up. Nope, I freeze. Can he like go forward and kind of like get down on all fours and like test the plate safely? Oh yeah, yeah. The, you can the... you can go up and investigate it. Yeah. So okay. I'm I'm gonna do that. Okay, cool. Yeah, you you and when you get close and you investigate it a little more closely, uh, you can clearly see that this is uh sort of like the hinged door of a pit trap. Um, so if somebody were to step on it, uh, it would sort of collapse and drop you into, you assume, a, some sort of pit underneath. Can um, I, like, put enough pressure on it to trigger it without falling in myself? I just kind of want to know the exact size of it so that nobody else accidentally steps on it. <laughs> I mean, you can see the edge of it. It fills the whole hallway. So there's no way to walk around it. But with the light shed by your torch, you can also see that it's not very, uh, it's not very long. Uh, it's like, f imagine it being like a five foot by five foot square. So if the hallway is five feet wide, and then this pit trap uh, is also five feet long. So you guys could jump over it fairly easily if you wanted could to. Could I make myself, like, a bridge over it? Yes, you could definitely do that. <laughs> Here! That sounds great. Okay. It definitely takes the snake bridge. <laughs> okay, awesome. So, yeah, you can, once you know what it and is... I pat, pat him on the shoulder as I step off. Yay, friends! All right, awesome. I think Athanasius would kind of look at Flower and be like, are, are you sure you can hold my weight? Um, is there anything I can, like, wrap my tail around? To sort of steady myself. Not really. Ooh, it's, I'm gonna, there's really nothing in this hallway but this. Could I, like, tear up a floor, floorboard with the crowbar, like, to give myself something to grip onto? Uh, yeah. I mean, you could okay. try. Uh, they might not be too happy that you, like, wrecked up their building. But on the other hand, well, they, didn't tell, you, about they didn't tell you not to, so... I want to, I yeah, get over this trap. <laughs> All right, sure. I mean, they gave us a crowbar. And the they did. Oh. When you give someone a crowbar, everything's a board that needs to be pried up, right? That's how the yeah. saying goes. Sure. Yeah, yeah, you can do that. You can rip up one of the floorboards and kind of bend it a little bit, I think, is what you're trying to do to sort of, like, anchor and then coil your tail around it to, like, make an anchor. Yeah. All right, yeah. All right, and then I do the snake bridge. Okay. Okay, and Athanasius walks across as well. Okay. Yeah, I'm not I'm not even going to make you. Like that's that's fun. <laughs> you you can you can sort of awkwardly try to walk across <laughs> Flower's outstretched body. Flower's body's pretty thick. It's not like balancing on a balance beam. Uh he is He's uh, a thick man. He is a very thick man. But um <laughs> kind of slippery scales though. I do have I've got padded the padding on from my padded under armor on the so there's something oh, to does hold it on cover to. like your whole tail? Do you have armor on your tail too? Um, on the like top side. Okay. Yeah. yeah I'm not gonna leave just half of me, half of me exposed, right? You know, you wouldn't think so, and yet the few images of so 
it, here's to our listeners. So listeners, we've, or I and uh, Audrey, some too, we've all done a bunch of homebrewing for this campaign. One of the things that uh, we, you know, don't particularly like about uh, some traditional stuff that's written in the manuals is that some races are portrayed as being intrinsically evil. And that's not cool mm-hmm. because people aren't all good or all evil. Some people do good things and some people do bad things. And there's a race in traditional Dungeons and Dragons called the UNT. Uh, and they come in a variety of forms. Like some of them are just like, people with a snake head, but like a human body. And some of them are like- Some people have snakes for arms. Yeah, I was gonna say, some of them are like humans with like (laughs) snakes instead of arms. Some of them are like humans with like 15 snakes instead of a head. (laughs) Like, Mm -hmm. it's just like really weird. But like, so one of the races that exists in this world um, are the serpent folk, and they resemble most closely what you would find in a traditional D&D manual that's called a UNT Malison? Abomination. Oh, it's an abomination? I oh, the Malisons, so, yeah. are the Malisons the ones that just have the heads? Yeah, either that or the snake arms. Or the weird snake arms. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, what resembles kind of like a UNT abomination, so... a a long snake tail with then like a humanoid torso and arms Mm. and then a snake head, but all covered with snails or snails, (laughs) all covered with scales. All them snails. Uh (laughs) Snail mail. Oh my God. I'm, I'm homebrewing that for sure. Snail mail. That's great. Uh, Druids can use it. Um, uh, But yeah, and weirdly enough, all the pictures that you see of UNT abominations in the manuals, they're not wearing any armor on their snake tail parts. Yeah, it's like upper armor. But yeah, it's, it's only their like, upper body. No one's going to chop at that tail. Like, but they would. They will, yeah. But yeah. So your your way works, works much, much better, and I, I like the the more logical thought that you yeah. it's that you it's open under on the underside for me to slither but like oh yeah 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 but no on the on the back you gotta you gotta protect that mm-hmm. okay all right cool all right so yeah no no worries about slipping off then you've got a good grip okay it's not it wasn't a very large pit anyway uh it's just a small just a small pit very small <laughs> a small pit it's a small pit <laughs> Uh, okay, uh, you a guys small have... with a thick snake man over it. Uh, okay, so <clears throat> you've made it past the pit. And uh, then after that, the hallway continues and then it opens up into a room. Do you guys just continue down the hallway? Yeah, I mean, do so we want to roll new perception checks when we enter this room? Uh, yeah, why don't you? Yeah. Yeah, you you sort of walk into this room and uh, and your torchlight sort of illuminates this new chamber that you've entered. And uh, you can see that this is a fairly large room. It's pretty plain. The walls, the floor, the ceiling are all just made of wood. And in this room, well, first of all, why don't you roll me? Why don't you roll me perception checks? Um, and then I'll tell you what you see. I have not rolled below a thirteen today. <laughs> You're having a lucky day. 
19 is my roll. Okay. I did. I got a 10. Okay. I also got a 10. (laughs) All right. Wow, you must have rolled really bad. Yeah, I rolled real bad. All right. Well, uh, there's some stuff that's so obvious no one can miss it, because uh, at the far end of this room, there is a statue. Uh, There's a stone statue of a man seated cross-legged, uh, and he's dressed like a monk or maybe like a holy man. So like in kind of like, you know, you know kind of like a B- Buddhist monk robes sort of look. Um, yeah. And uh, with a shaved head. And he's sitting cross-legged and he's holding in both hands a large stone bowl. And the bowl is empty. But on the side of the bowl, there is an engraving. And it's it's just in common. It's not in like any exotic language. And it says... Quench my thirst, and you shall be blessed. Wound me, and you shall be cursed. And next to him, there's sort of a small table. And on it, uh, there is a set of five glass bottles. And each of them are, like, corked. And they each have a different colored liquid inside. Now, Caden, when you are sort of looking around this room, you notice something even more than this. You notice that behind the statue, there is a door in the wall. Um, it, it, on sort of first glance, it appears that there's like no exit to this room. But you notice that there's a, a sort of partially hidden door behind the statue. However, it doesn't have a door handle or a keyhole or anything like that. Can we inspect the bottles? Like you certainly may. Sniff them. Yeah. In fact, I don't know. One of you might have more of a chance of identifying what the contents of the bottles are. What would you like us to roll to identify the contents of the bottle? Uh, you would roll a nature check. However, Caden. Um, you. Yeah. Uh, we have some liquids that need identifying. So I can do that? Yeah, you can do that. What colors are they? Okay, so all the bottles are identical, by the way. Um, It's only the liquids inside them that are different. Uh, Are they just like plain clear bottles that have liquid? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're just plain clear bottles. They got cork stoppers at the top. The first, you see the liquid just looks like clear liquid. Uh, It just looks like, like if you were looking at a glass of water. Uh, The second, the liquid is light green and uh, looks, uh, when you sort of slosh it around, it's maybe a little thick and viscous. Not a ton, just slightly more than just like water would be. Uh, The third seems to have the same consistency as water and it is like a light golden color. And the fourth looks identical to it. So the third and the fourth liquids, uh, when you sort of pick up the bottles and look at them and slosh the liquid around, they look identical. And the fifth, uh, the liquid in it is black. It's like this black liquid, and you can almost see sort of like grains of something dissolved in it. Do they have... So you said the third and fourth are identical? The third and fourth are identical. They have what looks like uh, a and light a, an appearance golden... specifically, right? Yeah. So at this point, uh, I'm thinking you haven't opened the bottles yet. You've just picked them up and sort of sloshed them around to sort of see how the liquid behaves. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Okay. So yeah, they appear identical. They are a clear, uh, light golden colored liquid. Okay. I totally want a nature check these. Okay. 
Go for it. Um, so at this point, Caden, what does it say in the rules uh, about your herbalism kit giving you help on making checks? And hold on, because, and this this is my fault for not doing your uh, tea brewer's tools, uh, because I didn't have time last night. Ah, okay, so what I'm actually going to allow you to do is base this off the brewer's supplies, and that says that you can make a check to identify poison or impurities in a drink and that's only a DC of 10. So I'm going to kind of allow you to combine those two skills. And why don't you roll me nature checks to try to identify these liquids and uh, roll those with advantage. And I'm going to set the DC at 12. Okay, are you going to make me uncork and sniff them or something? Yeah, yeah, you can. Okay. Um, yeah, just like imagine that to make this check, you're sort of uncorking the bottle, carefully examining the contents. Um, you know, like maybe, you know how they always taught you in chemistry class to like waft the fumes, right? Like you never just stick your nose in it. Like, you know what you're doing. Right. So I got a 15. Okay. Uh, so the first bottle, uh, the one that's full of clear liquid, it looks like just plain water, but when you examine it, uh, you determine that it's actually been infused with a poison called night blind. Um, this comes from a poisonous plant that's uh, usually found uh, not quite this far north, uh, usually a little bit more uh, in the tropical regions. So it's it's poisonous. Okay, you want me to do a check for each? Yeah, you have to. Yeah, you have okay. to do a check for each one. And you said DC of ten with advantage for everyone. Uh, I'm gonna set it at twelve, kind of in between the two. Um, okay. It's lower than it would be for anybody else, though. And yeah, roll with advantage. Okay, well, that's a modded 20. Oh, nice. Okay. The second one, this is the one that looks like it's full of like a light green, slightly viscous liquid. Um, this one, you know right away. Um, because uh, this poison comes from a plant that actually grows in this area called fever nettle. Oh, and after I set down those bottles, I just point to them and say, don't drink that. Okay. Bad. That one also bad. Okay, third one? 15? Yep. All right. 16. So uh, when you look at this one, at first, you think that it's tea. It looks like tea. It smells like tea. And that's exciting and comforting uh, because tea is... I love tea. You love tea. Tea is, is your passion. However, you, you are clever and you know enough about tea to know that even though this looks and smells like tea, this isn't. Somebody has actually added something to this tea, and you're not quite sure what it is, uh, but you know that there's something else in here, and it's probably dangerous. I, I put that down and say, okay. probably don't drink that. Yeah. <laughs> you, can, you can tell that there's a substance in there, and it smells, it smells not right. All your instincts are telling you no good. Okay, 17. All right. The fourth is tea. It's just normal, pure, wonderful, beautifully brewed golden tea. Awesome. I take a, a quick drink. It tastes wonderful. Awesome. Don't drink too much. We have to give it to the, the statue, dude. Yeah, no, just, just a little, just like, just a little sweet. <laughs> okay. All right. And the last one. That is a 18. Okay. 
you uh, look at this one, it's it's black and you can kind of see like stuff dissolved in it. Um, and this one isn't poison. Uh, it's just uh, water that's had like charcoal dissolve, dissolved in it. But still, like you wouldn't want to drink it. That'd be gross. Okay. I pointed it and I say, that's charcoal water. <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> like it's not, it's maybe like you might not die. Although I don't know, maybe people will like tweet at us and be like, hey, if you drink charcoal, you'll die. Like you, you could maybe. No, charcoal pills, or well, at least yeah, activated charcoal, is, is okay. useful is for like taking care of poison if you've like got poison. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's an an. Yeah. I accidentally created an antidote. I was just trying to think <laughs> yeah. of something. If you have activated charcoal, yeah. As I was making up this, I was just like, I was like, uh, okay, I'm sick of homebrewing poisons, so this one is just nasty. It's just charcoal. <laughs> it's just gross tasting. Like you, you wouldn't want to drink it, but it wouldn't kill you. Okay. Mm-hmm. So can I just pocket all the poisons? Um, <laughs> uh, you can, but, um, even though you don't see anyone else around you, you don't see Virtinia, you know that someone must be observing you because that's kind of the whole point of it. So they're going to see you take those poisons. <sighs> but I feel like they wouldn't like it if I just kept the potion, the potions. I mean, probably not. Okay. You don't, you don't know. Look, you can do whatever you want. I mean... You can you can certainly take the poisons. No, I'll just take the tea and pour it in the bowl of the statue. Okay. When you pour the tea in the bowl of the statue, the slightly hidden door behind it slides back into the wall, allowing you guys to proceed. Oh yeah, there was a door behind it. Oh, I see that now. Because <laughs> I never told them. Right, right, right. Um... Okay, ahead of you, uh, there is another hallway, uh, just another, like, plain wooden hallway. Uh, this one continues for about 20 feet and then makes a sharp turn to the right. All right. Okay. Are we just doing a normal order? I'm gonna, yeah, be a little more on the lookout for traps this time. Okay. Okay. I'm imagining, um, anesthesia. <laughs> what? <laughs> anesthesia. Ana- a- Athanasius. And flowers standing shoulder to shoulder, and I'm just kind of like behind them, almost in between, <laughs> but still behind them. Cool. I don't know if you guys care if that's what you want to do. But that's yeah, what I'm you have asking. to sort of dodge my slithering tail, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Once in a while, I'll just make a little hop. Or you could ride it. I mean, if flower would let you. <laughs> Surfboard. If we're that close <laughs> to friends already. <laughs> you're, you're snake surfing. <laughs> nice. Okay, you guys want to yeah. roll any perception checks? 14. 16. 12. All right. Athanasius, you are the one who notices the trap. Around the 90 degree bend, all of a sudden you notice there are these tiny little holes in the wall. They're pretty hard to spot. Uh, They've kind of been almost like, the walls aren't painted. They're still wood, but like the wood's stained and stuff. And it's, these holes are very small. They're hard to spot. But as soon as you kind of like spot one, all of a sudden you see that the walls in this area are full of them. Okay. I look for any uh, trigger plates that would trigger something shooting out of the holes. Yeah. Uh, So as soon as you examine the floor in this area, you do indeed find a pressure plate or at least what you're pretty sure is a pressure plate, a part of the floor that feels a little bit loose, doesn't look quite right. Okay, I think I, I toss a python out onto it. Okay, nothing happens. Hmm. Why'd you just throw a python on the floor? 
I, I crawl up to the first pressure plate, making sure that my entire body is below where all the holes are, and I try to push down on it with my hand. Okay, how hard do you push down? As hard as it takes to actually get a reaction. All right. All right, as soon as you do that, unfortunately, Athanasius misjudged the nature of this trap. He thought it was going to shoot darts. It didn't. It fills the hallway with gas. Ah! Can I, like, <laughs> whip my tail out and drag him back? <laughs> uh, so as soon as you press down on that pressure plate, uh, there's this loud hissing sound, and out of all these uh, hundreds of tiny holes, this thick yellow gas of some sort starts filling the hallway. So here's a question. Yes. Weather worker. Um... Rem- can you read me back what I wrote for Weather Worker, which is a, a cantrip that I homebrewed? <laughs> In a spot you can see within range that is not currently affected by another spell, you create one of the following effects. And okay. one of the effects is you banish clouds in a 10-foot diameter circle. Oh, that works. Lasts up to an hour, and you can cast it multiple times and have up to three non-instantaneous effects created by it active at a time. Okay, that works. I can dismiss it as an action. Yeah, as soon as you see uh, the what you believe to be deadly gas start to hiss out of the walls, you uh, reach out your hand, and all of a sudden it just it shoots back into the walls. <laughs> and I look over at him with sort of big eyes. Is it pretty obvious that he cast a spell? Uh... I'm behind you guys. You have no idea. <laughs> oh my god. Also, uh, I'm using my thermos, so it just looks like I'm holding out my thermos. <laughs> you're, are you ser- you're like you're like Gandalf holding out a staff, but you're holding out your thermos instead. I imagine I'm just drinking out of my thermos, and I'm just holding my thermos. <laughs> Brilliant, awesome. Okay, that uh, was weird. <laughs> I smile because my tea is delicious. <laughs> Athanasius, how do you feel? I'm. A little bit confused because I thought darts would shoot out and nothing happened, but I am very sure that I triggered the pressure plate. Oh, well, something did happen. You saw the gas start to come into the room and then all of a sudden it just, it just shot back into the walls. Okay, so he's he's pretty confused um, and he also has some experience with magic having trained at the university. Mm-hmm. So he's pretty sure that there's something magical going on because he doesn't think that they would set up a trap in here just for to shoot out gas for a second and then have it disappear. I just say that was pretty weird. No, right? <laughs> Ro- okay, you know what? It since you said something, roll me a roll me deception. That would be a 12. Yeah. Um you Can I roll insight? <laughs> if you want to. 18 insight. That beats his twelve. You know, yeah. You know he's hiding something. You just maybe don't know what. Can I do an Arcana check? <laughs> um, I don't think doing an Arcana check would tell you anything more than that the effect was magical, which you already know. Like you don't need. Could to I do not a check. look for the source of the magic? It's already happened, though. It's passed. <sighs> That's not how Arcana checks really works. So here's the thing about Arcana checks. Different dungeon masters use them different ways because there is a gap um, where it feels like there should be some sort of skill, like a normal character skill, uh, about sensing magic. Um, 
it feels like that should be there and there isn't in fifth edition. And so some dungeon masters allow people to do an arcana check um, that way. However, that's not technically how, uh, what the skill arcana is meant for. It falls under intelligence. Um, and so it's actually you recalling knowledge about uh, different types of magic and the way magic works. I think the way I'm going to do things in this campaign, and I haven't quite solidified it yet, is that I'm actually going to, if you would like to sort of do a sense for the presence of magic that isn't the full detect magic spell, which gives you very precise information, but you just kind of want a vague idea. I think I would actually put that under whatever your spell casting modifier is. And do you want me to add proficiency to it or no? No. Uh, 22. Okay. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah, that's a very high roll. So you know that the magic came from Caden. He kind of uh, raises an eyebrow at Caden, but he's not going to uh, to tip his uh, his hand yet and let Caden know that he knows. Yeah, like there's a little bit of a of like a, a balance going on here, My right? Name. Well, yeah. I guess that was just part of the test. I'm going to keep going then. <laughs> okay. Completely oblivious to all. Yeah. Do I see any other pressure plates? You don't. Nope. Uh, it doesn't look like there are any other traps in this hallway. And uh, ahead of you, uh, past where the gas trap was, um, uh, the hallway opens up into another chamber. Okay. All right. This one uh, is the same size as the one that had the statue of the beggar in it. However, uh, yeah, why don't you just, let's, let's just start by rolling perception, perception checks, and then I'll tell you what's in the room. 13. Not a 20. Nice. Not a 20. Okay. Oh my gosh. Flower, uh, so I'll, I'll narrate what everyone sees, and then I'll, I'll narrate what, um, the people who got high rolls see. So, um, the thing that's, obvious to everyone uh, when you walk into this room is that it is empty except that on the far wall uh, there is some sort of intricate carving set into the wall and I will describe that at length in just a moment. For now uh, I'll just say that you see that it's this very intricate carving uh, that appears to be sort of like two circles, like an inner circle and then a ring around it. And there's carvings on the inner circle and there are what look like some colored gems or uh, glass spheres set into the outer ring around the inner circle. That's what you, and it's it's quite large. It takes up, it's maybe about the, yeah, the size of a person on that far wall. Uh, and that's that's big enough and, and obvious enough that it is apparent to everyone. Uh, however, Athanasius, were you the one that got the Natty 20? Yes. Oh, yeah. So you, by now, you're like, oh, yeah, I've got the measure of this place. It is full of tricks and traps and hidden things, which honestly is what you probably should have expected based on what Virginia told you at the outset. And sure enough, uh, you see this intricate carving inlaid with stuff on that wall and you're like okay i'll come to that in a minute um and you search the rest of the room thinking maybe they've hidden something around here that you wouldn't necessarily notice because you're too busy looking at that big fancy thing over there sure enough um so you came in uh let's just say you came in from the uh west side on the north wall there is a hidden door 
quite large. Again, no keyhole, no doorknob, nothing like that. But you can tell that this section of the wall, somehow it could be moved aside. You find an identical door directly across the room on the south wall. Um, and then the, uh, the intricate carving is on the east wall. Does that make sense? Yes. So the intricate carving is directly across from us when we come in and on yes. the walls to our left and right are these hidden doors. Exactly. These quite large hidden, you, you would say door, but you don't really see any way for you to get them open easily. And then right to the, um, the right of the intricate carving on the east wall, there's another, uh, what looks like maybe like a sliding panel that would slide aside. Uh, but again, no keyhole, no doorknob, no immediate indication of how you might get that to open. It is much smaller than the other two doors that you found in this room. All right, are you guys ready for the description of the carving? It is quite intricate. Uh, if you hadn't guessed, it is a puzzle. <laughs> uh, this puzzle, is made of, like I said, kind of two circles. So if you imagine there's an inner circle and then there's an outer ring around the outside of that circle. On the inner circle, uh, there are eight images carved in it. Starting at the top and going clockwise, they are a flame, a plant of some sort, a bolt of lightning, a seed, a human skull, an open eye, a sun, and a round shield. The outer ring uh, that is around this inner circle has eight colored glass spheres set in it. And so, just so you know, in case this wasn't clear, each orb is like, at this point, is directly aligned with a symbol. Okay, so again, starting at the top, uh, we have yellow, violet, blue, red, indigo, orange, green, and white. All right. Uh, as you kind of start to examine this puzzle, you realize that both the inner and outer circles can be turned. And at any time, any time that you that the symbols are aligned with the spheres, you feel it sort of kind of click into place and you get the sense that you could then push the inner circle in, like depress it into the wall, almost like a button. Does that make sense? Yes. Yes. All right. So it's like we have to spin it and lock it in when we line it up with mm -hmm. one of the others, sounds like. Yes. You would think that maybe there's, you would have to line up the correct symbols with the correct colors and then push it in to get the puzzle correct. Athanasius, you, and I, I love that you got a natty 20 uh, because I was really hoping you were going to roll really high in your perception check and you did not let me down. Athanasius, you notice something else as you are examining the carvings in the center. Now, clearly, this, this puzzle here, like everything else in this pretend dungeon, is, you know, just made out of wood and it's fairly new. However, when you look at the pictures, the symbols that are on the inner ring, you notice that worked into them uh, very cleverly, there is a rune 
in each one. And these runes are actually in one of the ancient languages that you know a little bit of. It's an ancient language that was spoken uh, by people that lived a little bit north of where you are uh, right now, that lived kind of up in the uh, foothills uh, of the northern mountains. Uh, And you can actually read the runes that are in each of these uh, carvings. Okay, start with flame and go. All right. They say energy, enchantment, calling, change, life, perception, revelation, and protection. Interesting that skull is life. So... So we're we're still in far side of the room, right? No, I mean I was assuming you guys when you did your perception checks, that involves you guys walking around the room looking at stuff. And Athanasius has been examining this puzzle carving very very closely indeed. Athanasius, do you tell uh, the rest of the party that there are sort of these hidden runes in each of these pictures? Yeah, I think he points them out. Flower is impressed by your knowledge. I was going to say he wants to impress the group. He, he kind of feels like he's done the worst so far out of everybody. And so he's kind of trying to do everything he can to bolster everyone else's confidence. In Cajun, Cajun is definitely thinking, where do you even learn that type of stuff? <laughs> and in fact, Athanasius, I mean, you're looking at this carving and it's it's clear that these carvings have been made recently. So why would they have these ancient runes in them? In fact, the runes, you can still read them, but they're not particularly, like, well-worked. You've seen, like, rubbings and, you know, drawings and sketches that have been made by other historians of, of ruins from the civilization that used this writing. And even though you recognize and can read the runes, you can tell that these were made pretty clumsily. Um, maybe by somebody who was copying something but didn't realize what they were copying. Hmm, okay. As if you didn't, like like a little kid first learning how to write English, they're copying the letter A, but, you know, maybe they don't do it very well. So it seems like maybe this is a copy of a puzzle that's in an actual ruin, maybe, that they're trying to duplicate. So I look at you and I'm like, so do we want to try and solve it or not? Uh, Athanasius kind of looks at them and he's like, well, I mean, I want to get hired. Yeah, that's true. You don't necessarily know they're going to they have, you know, sinister purposes for solving whatever dungeon they might be in. Yeah. You're right. I want to get hired. So one thing that I'm having difficulty is how the colors line up with uh, like for can we take the orbs out and rearrange the order of the orbs or no, is the order no, you of the can't. orbs it's set? actually a really it's actually a pretty easy puzzle now Let's... i'm going to allow you to do one more thing uh because of athanasius's background athanasius you trained at the university you know the traditional associations of colors with the schools of magic yeah, I was going to ask you about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. So this this is a this is an instance in which your character would 100% know this like deeper than his blood. Like Yeah, well I I remembered you telling me at one point that each of the schools of magic had a color associated with them and <laughs> right. I'm going to ask you about that. Right, I was going to say I Athanasius anything, so. knows this. Um it's just that you as a player maybe 
uh, didn't read this lore carefully enough. So no, I, I did. I swear, I was you, going to ask you, you. You didn't include specific colors, I don't think. I I did actually in the if there's a document in there that lists the different associations with the schools of magic. But I will tell you that they are thus: red is associated with evocation, orange with conjuration, yellow with illusion green with transmutation, blue with abjuration, indigo with enchantment, uh, purple with divination. And there are only seven colors. No school of magic is associated with white. Okay, I line indigo up with the plant. Okay. And I uh, push the inner circle in. When you line indigo up with the plant uh, and you push the circle in, it depresses into the wall, and uh, uh, what am I trying to say? The hidden door uh, on the side of the carving that you spotted earlier slides open. And inside, there is a pedestal, and on top of it is a large crystal orb. The pedestal uh, is actually quite beautiful. It's chest height uh, for a human. Uh, so, Caden, it's, it's you know maybe as tall as you are. And it's ornately yeah. carved with uh, some of the same symbols that you saw from the puzzle, but um, in sort of like scenes from life. So you see like uh, a dragon breathing fire and a warrior holding a round shield. You see the light of the sun falling on upturned faces. There are storm clouds with lightning bolts arcing down. There's a person who's lying in bed, it looks like they might be sick or maybe in a trance. And then finally, there's an image of a skull out of which a sapling has sprouted from a seed. I look oh, at okay. uh, 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 Athanasius. <laughs> uh, when he hears you struggling to say his name, he turns around and says, please just call me Athens. Athens, right, got it. And I say, good going. Thanks. Yes, we got this orb, and I pick up the orb. I oh. it before Flower yeah. picks up the orb. I do a perception check on the pedestal. Are you sure? Because I said I picked up the orb. Yeah, I'm sorry. It's too good to resist. <laughs> All right. As soon as you do that, uh, two things happen very quickly. Uh, one, both of the large hidden doors spring open with a great sort of like grinding sound. And out of the one on the north wall, you hear this enormous rumbling, a uh, grinding sound. And out of that door shoots a giant boulder. <laughs> because oh, I put a sandbag that weighs the same amount as the orb on, on the You have just <laughs> fallen for the Indiana Jones trap. And you now have to run for your lives. So this is a fun trap. Uh, it's actually in, they actually list it in the Dungeon Master's Guide. So it has rules. All right. When the trap is sprung, everyone has to roll for initiative. And I roll initiative for the rock. Three. <laughs> 19 for Athanasius. Uh, 10. All right, Athanasius, uh, you move first. What do you do? Uh, I think I call for Flower to toss me the orb, and then I book it. Can okay. I do that on his turn? Because I will. 
Uh, yeah. Just grab it from me. Yeah. Those things feel like free actions. So yeah, you can just get the orb and book it. Um, like I said, the other uh, door that was right across from the one that the rock came out of shot open too uh, to reveal a passageway. So. And I think flavor-wise, it makes sense that I go first since I knew those doors were there. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. It's true. It, it see the dice. The dice worked it all out. All right, you book now, is it. Is this an actual boulder and not like? A big paper mache boulder. You don't know. Uh, you can hear this really loud grinding sound. Yeah, like maybe don't want to find out right now. <laughs> yeah, you you do not know whether it is a real boulder or a fake boulder. All right, Athanasius, you uh, when you take the dash action, you can move sixty feet, right? Yes. All right, so you book it uh, into this uh, passageway, and uh, it twists and turns. And uh, you make it 60 feet. All right. Next up uh, is Caden. What do you do? I run. All right. You're following Athanasius. You're right on his tail. Okay. Uh, next is the boulder. I rolled, I rolled really shitty for the boulder. Uh, it gets a plus eight bonus on its initiative, and I still rolled really bad. Um, uh, so next goes the boulder. And it goes straight through the center of the room, um, which it, it's big. So, um, Flower, I am going to need you to uh, make a dexterity saving throw. Great. 13. Uh, yeah. Uh, you fail. Uh, this thing smashes into you. Um, <laughs> but... Is it paper mache? It's paper mache. God damn it. Yes. Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a real fucking rock. Um, it hits you and like it kind of bowls you over a little bit just because it's so big. It's huge. Yeah. But at the same time, like, so first of all, the grinding noise like doesn't stop, even though the rock like kind of just like stops. <laughs> the yeah. grinding noise keeps going and you just like sort of like feel this rock and it's it's you kind of like tap on it with one of your fists and it's it's just like a plaster hollow sphere that's been like painted to look like a rock Mm -hmm. um and yeah the the grinding noise keeps going though but the rock has now stopped moving okay oh i think you are actually supposed to take a little bit of damage from this you take four damage four damage okay you got smacked yeah because it it has some weight to it. It's just not actually a stone boulder. Okay. Well, I wriggle out from underneath of it. <laughs> um, I'm not sure if I want to, like... I feel like the puzzle needs to continue, so I, I guess I just start pushing it back down into the into the tunnel. Oh, you you, keep, you follow your companions into the tunnel? Yes. yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> I th- yeah, I think... Because, like, it's... It's a little bit of a gradient, so I think maybe the the plaster boulder just sort of like sadly like rolls just a little bit <laughs> rolls behind along, you. Yeah. But its momentum has been broken. Um but uh <laughs> Do you yell out to them? Because Athanasius and Caden are still booking it. I'm not even sure if they would hear you. Um yeah, but like the ground grinding sound is still going oh, on. Oh yeah, it's so still going. I'll probably... Yeah. yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm just like, I got the boulder, guys. Do we need it? I'm just going to bring it just in case. <laughs> All right. It hurt. Athanasius and Caden, you guys uh, don't know that it was just a trick. So you guys are booking it uh, as fast as you can. 
uh, and you book it, and all you of a sudden... You definitely heard it hit something, probably. So oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, all of a sudden, uh, the tunnel ends very abruptly, um, and you're at the edge of a giant pit. Uh, and I'm going to need you to make both make me dex saving throws. Okay, now hold on. How fast was es- Essence moving? Athanasius? Yeah. <laughs> You guys were both, I was assuming, taking the dash action, which means you move 60 feet per round. So He's 12, a halfling. 12, or not 12, uh, 10 feet a second. That, oh, that but you're on... a halfling, so you only move 50 feet. So you're 10 yeah. feet behind him. Okay, fine. I'm only, behind him, so... Only Athanasius. I'll see him. Yeah, okay. Good Good catch. Thanks. Uh, 12 for my deck saving throw. Yeah, you fail. Um, So you you go, you try to catch yourself and like your arms pinwheel, but uh, you don't manage to. You fall into this pit, uh, but there's a net in it. So you kind of like bounce. Caden, what do you do when you see Athanasius all of a sudden fall over the edge of a pit? Uh... Oh, by the way, there's, sorry, I forgot to mention. There is a, like a wooden beam uh, above the pit, uh, and there's like a rope hanging down into it that you could try to grab and like swing across. So what do you do? I saw him fall, and so I just kind of slow down and stop at the edge and look down. Alright, you still believe that there is a boulder barreling down on you. Oh, right. Yeah, I forgot about that. <laughs> yeah. So how far away is this rope? Um, It's like five feet out. So you can uh, you can make an athletics check to jump to it. Or I could just gust myself. <laughs> or yeah. Hmm. I'm regretting this cantrip. It's the but best yeah, cantrip. I know. <laughs> yeah, no, I totally just jump and gust myself to the rope. Okay, cool. Do you try to swing across on the rope or do you just sort of like cling to it? <laughs> well, for now, I just cling to it because I know that the boulder would fall if it was still falling, chasing after me. Okay. You you look down and, and you know see that, that your friend I, will just be. Crushed. I know that flower is still behind me. I know that Athens is below me at this point, so I don't. Yeah, you exactly see you see him sort of bouncing in the net that's suspended okay. across this pit. All right. I shout, right. "You okay?" Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. A little flustered. He's a little annoyed. Okay. All right. Um, after like a few more seconds, like the grinding sound stops, but the boulder doesn't appear until like maybe like thirty seconds later, when like flower just sort of like slowly slithers out of, just like nonchalantly like slithers out of the end of this hallway, just sort of like rolling the plaster boulder behind him. Like, look, guys, I found a rock. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm a little <laughs> scuffed up. <laughs> Yep. Shut down to Athens. I think it was a fake boulder. Flower has it. <laughs> How deep is the pit? Um, the pit is actually pretty deep, maybe like twenty feet. But the falling into the net, you didn't take any damage. No, I'm wondering how I can get back up. Oh, you can climb out. Oh, I can climb. Do you want me to roll for it? No, it's like five feet. Okay, I toss the crystal sphere up to whoever's above me so I can have both hands free, and then I climb up. You want me to catch the orb? <laughs> I, I think he would be, I think he would be meaning flower, since you're okay. clinging to a rope. Over I a assume flower was still holding onto the boulder. Well, I can just put my back to it. Yeah. Okay. He's got four arms. 
yeah, flower is fun. <laughs> so yeah, I toss I toss the orb up to flower and then climb out. Okay, okay, all right. Well, waiting for you at the end is Virginia, and uh, she she sort of uh, uh, grins as uh, she uh, was watching Athanasius just sort of like plunge headfirst into the pit, and then Caden sort of like cling to the rope and then just like half a minute later like flower just sort of like lazily rolling the fake boulder <laughs> and she kind of chuckles and she's like well well done you've uh cleared the second challenge just one more to go and she kind of uh, she she gives you like an approving nod she's like you guys did well you did very well yay, yay. That's it for this week. Make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode, and please give us a rating and review to help others join our adventure. You can find out more about the show and how to get in touch with us on our website, talesfromthetablecast.com, and you can find us on Twitter, at TableTalesCast. This podcast was edited and produced by me, Cloud. Our theme music is by Adhesive Wombat. Special thanks to Matt Marshall for all his help and advice. I literally couldn't have done this without you. This is your Dungeon Master, Cloud, and I hope you'll join us again next week on Tales from the Table.